Hey everybody, this is Rich Haley and this is your after show. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the hiking show that we did. And uh, I know I had a lot of fun on the hike and doing the show. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple things uh, now. Uh, but first I need to go ahead and set up my sharing. So let's do that. So scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And looking for the live. Hmm. Oh, there we go. All right. So let's go ahead and pick this up. All righty. And I always have to share to make sure that uh, everybody knows we're here. After show is live, not Streetsboro. Autocorrect, I love you. All right, so the after shoe is live. I am channeling. There we go. We've got it. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let's uh, let's talk. Make sure I get some uh, comments going here. So what we're going to talk about uh, here just for a few minutes, and let me adjust this just a hair. There we go. So like I said on the show, what I want to talk about right now is how to stay hydrated while you're hiking. Um, and it's critically, critically important. Water does everything for you. It keeps your joints lubricated. It keeps your muscles loose. Uh, it keeps you cool when uh, it's hot outside, or it actually helps you stay warm when it's cool outside. Um, if you don't have enough water in your system, if you start to get dehydrated, then you're not going to enjoy your hike, for one thing, and two, it's going to become uh, quickly become unhealthy. Um, so the first thing I'm going to tell you is, and I'm sure you've heard this before, especially if you work in a hot area, if you wait until you're thirsty to drink water, you're already dehydrated. You've waited too long. So, all right, looks like we're streaming well. So once you get thirsty, you're already dehydrated. You've waited too long. You want to drink uh, frequently while you're exerting yourself, especially if it's in the hot conditions. So I'm not talking about forcing fluids. Try that again. Okay. So you don't want to force fluids, but at the same time, you don't want to wait until you get thirsty. So just drink continuously while you're hiking. Uh, it's the easiest way to stay hydrated and you'll have more energy and you'll feel better. Now there's two approaches to uh, hydration and the one that gets all the attention right now are the hydration bladders or hydration systems. Uh, a couple of different brands that are out there. Uh, Camelback is one. And those are really convenient. Basically you're going to take two or three liters of water and you can flavor it if you want to. It goes into a big plastic bag, it fits into your backpack, and you've got a little hose that right here, and you can sip from your water. You don't have to stop moving, you don't have to stop hiking, uh, and it's very convenient. The other option is the good old-fashioned water bottle. There are uh, advantages, disadvantages to each. As far as the hydration systems go, the advantage is ease of use. Once you've got the bottle fit, once you've got the uh, bladder filled and in its backpack 
you've got your straw hanging right here off of your, your backpack. So without breaking stride, without slowing down, without having to try to find a bottle, you just grab the straw, bite down on it, and you've got water. And water's a good thing. Uh, but there's a very big disadvantage to the hydration bladders as well, and that is they represent a single point of failure. And what I mean by that is if you've ever done anything in preparedness or you've ever had to get ready for uh, an important uh, event or process, there, there's a saying that people who do that use, and it's called two is one and one is none. And what that means is if you've only got one thing and it's critical to whatever it is you're doing and that one thing becomes unusable for any reason, you're stuck. You can't move any further. And it becomes what we call a single point of failure. And when you have a single point of failure, and if that single point of failure is at a critical point, then you're out of luck. You're, you're dead in the water. You're stopped. So since hydration is critically important, it's a good idea not to have a single point of failure. And when you're using a hydration system, you've only got the hydration system. You need something to back it up. Because if you get a leak in the bag, if you get a leak in the hose, or something else goes wrong with that hydration system, you're out of water and you're done. All right, so that is not hooking up for us right now. So let's try this again and see if it will connect. So that's the, the uh, drawback of the hydration system is that it is a single point of failure. And if you lose your water, then you know, your, your hike comes to a very quick end. So if you're going to go with the hydration system, it pays off in the long run to go ahead and spend a little bit of extra money and get a better quality system. You can get really cheap ones online or you can find them in department stores, but they're much more likely to fail. Now, the ones that I've seen fail usually fail because they start leaking. Either the bag itself ruptures or the fittings between the bag and your straw start to leak. And if either of these things happen, then not only have you lost your water supply, but now your backpack with all of your gear is soaking wet. And uh, again, that's just not a good, good answer. So if you're going to go with a hydration system, make sure you get one that's made with quality so that the bag itself is of a very thick and durable material and that all of the fittings are well designed so that they hold together well and they're not going to leak um, easily. So the other option on the other side of that, and we're still not getting good video, so on my phone anyway. I know it's going out because I can see it. Um, the other option that you've got is standard water bottles. Now the disadvantage on water bottles is they're big and they're bulky and they're kind of clumsy. And unless you've got a backpack where they're stored in uh, a convenient place, you may have to stop and go into your backpack to get your water bottles out to get water. And the more trouble it is to do something, the less often that you do it. So there's a potential that instead of drinking frequently, you wait till you get thirsty and you start to get dehydrated. And that's a problem. So besides the size and the bulk and the difficulty to get to them as, as disadvantages, the advantage to a water bottle is um, you can carry two of them very easily. 
And when you have two water bottles, remember two is one and one is none. If I have an incident where one of my water bottles becomes unusable, uh, I drop and break it or uh, it gets contaminated, whatever happens and I can't use that water, I've got a backup already. I've got more water, so I'm not at a stopping point. I haven't hit that single point of failure like I was talking about. So if you're going to go with a water bottle, it's a very good idea. There's two different possibilities. You can go with disposables. Disposable bottles are very light, which also means they're fragile and they're easy to break. I don't know if you've ever been hiking and not fallen down, but falling down is part of hiking, which means if you fall on your water bottle, it's liable to break if you use the cheap disposable bottles. The other issue with those is from an environmental standpoint, you know, plastics in landfills, that's not the optimum solution. So you want something that's reusable. So the cheap disposables, the advantage of them is they're very light, they're easy to obtain, um, they're easy to pack, and uh, you can refill them a couple of times before they start to wear out. On the other end, you can get uh, a higher quality water bottle like uh, the Nalgene water bottles. Um, and they come in different sizes, 16 ounces, 20 ounces, 1 liter, uh, 32 ounce, or a quart. And you pick the size that's most appropriate for you. I tend to drink a lot, so I go with the uh, 32 ounce bottles. And uh, the Nalgene bottles are pretty nearly indestructible. They are uh, good to have, hard to break, and still trying to get these. Hey, Donna Joe, I see that you're watching, or at least you're trying to. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying it but uh, getting back to the Nalgene bottles again hard to break they're very durable they're easy to clean and uh, they don't put a flavor in your water sometimes the hydration systems the bladders can give kind of a plastic chemical taste to your water and uh, don't have that same problem with the Nalgene bottles um, I use both systems depending on what type of hiking I'm doing. If it's just a day hike, I'm more likely to use a hydration system just because it's easy. Um, it's right there and uh, I don't have to worry about it. If I'm going on a longer hike, maybe an all-day hike or even a multi-day hike, then I'll probably bring water bottles and a filter system so I can refill them. So both systems kind of have their place. Um, it just depends on more on your preferences. Uh, the other advantage to a water bottle is when I'm really thirsty, I can drink as fast as I want to. With the hydration systems, you're basically sipping through a three-foot-long straw, so the uh, delivery of the water is a little bit slower. Uh, some folks like the uh, sports bottle, the squeeze bottles. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of those. Um, just It's a little bit more secure. Yep, got that, and I understand, especially if you're a biker. If you're cycling, uh, the squirt bottles work really, really well. Uh, for me, I like to be able to open the bottle and drink and just have the water come out as fast as I want it to come out. And if a little spills down the front of my shirt, hey, I needed to cool off anyway. So other th topics on hydration, uh, sports drinks or energy drinks. Um, if you want to go with those, great. They're generally a little high in calories, but when you're hiking, calories are not really your highest priority. Um, you're not on a diet. You're out there working, literally working your butt off. So there's no such thing as too many calories. So if you uh, are 
out hiking and you need to maintain your hydration, that's the two uh, pieces to the puzzle, hydration system or water bottles. And I uh, hope that works out. Hope that information helps when you're ready to hike. And I'm still having trouble pulling up video, so I'm going to have to give up on that, which is too sad. All right, so that was a big thing for the After Show podcast, just something that I wanted to address. Uh, next week, I'm looking forward to doing an overnight hike. Uh, my brother George and I are going to be going out and uh, don't know what trail we're doing yet or what campsite. Um, he's going to pick the trail this time, and uh, we're going to go out and test out the gear. Um, don't know if I've talked to you guys about this yet. My big trip this fall or late summer, last week in September, I'm going to be going to the Grand Canyon with George and we're going to do some hiking in the canyon. So my plan between now and then is to do enough hiking in the Smokies to get myself in good enough shape that I can climb out of the canyon without requiring either a donkey or a helicopter. So, so I'll be doing a lot of hiking and uh, because we'll be in the canyon for three or four days, then uh, I need to be able to bring in enough food and water and uh, all the other camping gear to uh, last for three or four days in uh, the Grand Canyon. So in order to do that, I've got the gear, but I need to test it out. I need to learn how to use it. And the way to do that is before you go on the big hike, you do some small hikes. That way you can test out the gear, make sure you know how it works, make sure you like it and that it works for you. Um, George was telling me the other day we were at lunch that uh, he bought all the gear he needed to hike in the Smokies and uh, replaced all of it within the first year because it just didn't work out for him and he found better options. And that's something that's going to happen. Uh, you know, not every solution works for every person. George, by the way, is, uh, and I don't know if you're watching since my phone isn't working, but uh, George is one of the 900 milers. He has hiked every mile of every trail in the Smokies, which is a pretty impressive achievement. And he's working on his second map. So he's going to take me along on a lot of his hikes. He's a much more experienced hiker than I am. So uh, he's going to teach me the tricks of the trade so that when we go to uh, the Grand Canyon, we'll be able to have fun and my wife won't have to worry about me uh, getting injured or uh, worse out there in the desert. So our Grand Canyon plans, glad you asked. Uh, I don't know that anybody asked, I'm just assuming. Uh, Grand Canyon plans, uh, we're going to uh, head out first to Las Vegas and cover the uh, NASCAR race, assuming that racing is going on at that point, which it should be. And uh, then after the race on Sunday, we're going to drive to the Grand Canyon. And uh, Monday night, we're camping on the rim of the Grand Canyon. So we'll be hiking around the rim trails and getting some of those spectacular views at some of the lookouts. Tuesday morning, we will be uh, hiking down to the Colorado River into the canyon, about a seven, seven and a half mile hike, um, all downhill. Incidentally, uh, if you watched the show earlier today, we, I talked about it a little bit. Hiking uphill is harder on your cardiovascular system. It's a lot more effort. You're raising an elevation, but it's not a huge um, load on you muscularly because you're used to using those muscles anyway. Coming back down, it's the exact opposite. It's not as hard from a cardio standpoint 
you won't get out as out of breath but it's a lot tougher on your leg muscles especially uh, the quads up front because you're constantly working against resistance to slow yourself down as you're coming down the mountain so it works two different sets of muscles and it places two different kinds of demands on your body so going to the Grand Canyon we're doing things opposite of what we're used to here in uh, East Tennessee in the Smokies we go down first and we're gonna do that in a day it's uh, like I said about six and a half uh, seven miles from the rim down to our first campsite and uh, I anticipate we'll take probably four or five hours to do that which will give us the rest of the day to uh, explore the area around the campsite and uh, swim in the Colorado River so then on uh, Wednesday we've got a couple of different things that we're going to hike to to see while we're down in the bottom of the canyon and then go back to our campsite and spend Wednesday night there Thursday we begin the climb out we're going to uh, go about halfway to another campground uh, it's again about a five mile trail the trail out is longer which is uh, and I'm kind of planned this this way on purpose it's a longer trail but that means less elevation per mile so it's not as dramatically steep as the the uh, trail that we're coming in on so we'll ha hike to about the halfway point there's a campground there and we'll camp out that night and then finish climbing out Friday morning and then we're going to head back to Las Vegas where I'm going to have a very very long hot bath and then a very very large steak so that's kind of our plans for later uh, in in the year and yes I will be taking the camera I will be shooting video and I'll share it all with you uh, when I get back but uh, before we get there then I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the Smokies, hitting some of the trails around here, doing some backcountry hiking, doing some camping, and in general, getting ready for that trip. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll share as much of it with you as you want me to share. So um, before I wrap up this section, just wanted to let you know, if there are any trails that you want me to report on, uh, we did Bullhead today, uh, I did the Middle Prong a few weeks ago, and like I said, we'll be doing a different trail this week. But if there's any trails that you want information on, just let us know here at the station. Leave a comment on this post or anywhere um, on our Mountain Fun Life channel. And I will make sure to uh, research that trail, run out on it, get some pictures, and tell you what to expect. So the other thing we're going to talk about very, very briefly, and I'm going to try one more time just to see if I can get some comments. Got to share, and hey, I have some comments. Craig, you like my shirts? Yes, I like my shirts too, and I have lots of them. I saw a meme on Facebook yesterday, said there's no such thing as too many Hawaiian shirts. So uh, I'm always on the lookout for some new ones. And Craig also says there are no railings at the edge of the Grand Canyon. Not good for someone with fear of heights. Yes, sir. <laughs> um. Yeah, there are certain observation platforms that do have railings, but you can go right up to the edge, and uh, there's nothing to stop you from being stupid. Speaking of, my wife and I went to Hawaii last year, and uh, on the island of... Uh, which, which island? Kauai. On the island of Kauai, they have what, what's called the uh, Waimea Canyon, and it is an absolutely stunning... Uh, canyon and if you get a chance to look at it online take a look 
Uh, if you get, if you're blessed and you can go in person, absolutely go in person. But uh, I went off trail a little ways and found myself on just what Craig was describing, an overlook with no railing. And I was right there on the edge of a several hundred foot drop. And we were up at the top of the canyon and I was looking straight down past my toes, down hundreds of feet to the ocean. And it was uh, pretty awesome. And I don't mind saying that I kept my hand firmly wrapped around the tree right behind me, just in case. Um, I'm foolhardy, but not foolish. I, I have no interest in falling to my doom. Uh, my wife was very concerned, not for me, but she wanted to make sure that I gave her the car keys before I went down there. Because if I fell, she wanted to be able to drive back to the hotel and finish her vacation. So uh, that was kind of cool. But uh, so same type th deals with the Grand Canyon. And to be honest, there's some spots in the Smokies that are a little bit uh, like that, where you've got some pretty sheer drop-offs. Um, I took some pictures of some of those in uh, on Bullhead Trail. And that brings up a good point, Craig. I'm glad you said that. Um, Bullhead Trail is not one that I would take young children on. And it's for that reason. There's a couple of spots on there where if you step off the trail, you're going to fall a long, long way. So uh, it's not a trail that I would recommend for families with small children unless your children are very well disciplined know to stay on the trail and you can keep a hand on them to make sure that they do so so that was a good thing I'm glad you, you said that so continuing on um, uh, some trails that are uh, more appropriate for uh, kids Grotto Falls is always a good trail Laurel Falls is a good trail Abrams Falls is a good trail these are all trails that are pretty not necessarily easy, but they don't have some of these steep drops that uh, could cause a problem. Uh, Grotto Falls is a great trail for families. Um, and uh, Laurel Falls, again, did that several weeks ago with my kids and grandkids and uh, shared some of that video with you as well. So um, again, if you have any questions about any trails, just let me know and I'll make sure to cover those as we go along. And uh, like I said, moving on, the last thing that I was going to talk about, we do have some sports starting up this weekend. We do have a NASCAR race. Uh, there will be no spectators, but it'll be on TV, and most of us watch NASCAR on TV that watch NASCAR anyway. So you'll be able to follow your favorite drivers as they drive in real cars, not virtual cars. Uh, so that's really nice. Uh, NASCAR has set up, uh, and we covered this a couple of weeks ago, uh, what five races in 11 days they're going to race each Sunday and then they have races in the middle of the week as well to try to make up for some of the races that they've missed uh, they haven't released their June schedule yet so we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen there there are rumblings that NASCAR is working towards uh, coming back to having spectators for the races of course that's going to be up to the state governors in each state when they're going to start to allow mass gatherings again. As we're coming out of COVID-19, we're learning more about which social distancing measures have been effective and which ones haven't. So I expect some of these guidelines will be changing as uh, we move forward and develop more information. 
So we're going to keep an eye on it. I know uh, UT has, some of the folks at UT have said they do not expect to have uh, spectators at the football games. If there are football games, we'll see. Um, my personal guess, and this is only a guess, is that by the time football season rolls around in you know in uh, September, that a lot of the restrictions that we're seeing right now are going to be uh, removed as we get a better handle on exactly how serious COVID-19 is. So I expect that at least by the end of the football season, and this is again assuming that we have one, that we will begin to see uh, spectators at football games. One of the reasons I'm believing this is I'm already hearing stories coming out of Florida that some of the big theme parks are working towards reopening, especially uh, Universal, uh, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. Uh, both Universal and Disney are opening up their shopping and uh, restaurant complexes. Universal has City Walk and Disney has Disney Springs, and they're both opening those up now and starting to get people in. And that gives them a great way to study how to maintain effective social distancing in what is normally a crowded area. And they can take that and apply it to their theme parks. And then sports venues and others can start applying those same lessons to stadiums. So that that's all looking like we're moving in the right direction. Same way for movie theaters. Uh, they're not opening now, mainly because there's no movie, no new movies out. But I expect to start seeing some movie theaters opening up. I expect they'll be blocking off seating um, and doing things to maintain social distancing. So we will uh, see how all that works out. But bottom line, NASCAR is starting back up. So that's good. UFC has already held a couple of events. Uh, WWE is planning on starting back up again. So we're going to start seeing sports. As far as local uh, high school sports, I don't know that we will have a football season because we still don't even know if we're going to have school back in session. Um, there's a lot of different plans being floated out there. So that's something we'll just keep an eye on and have to watch and see. One thing is for certain is if the kids aren't in the classroom, they won't be on the athletic field. So we'll see how that plays out over the next several weeks. All right. So still not getting good video, still not getting any more comments because this isn't working very well. My phone has not got good signal in here. But I hope you guys got some good information out of this. And uh, again, to sum up for hydration, whether you go with a hydration system or if you go with water bottles, make sure you've got a backup. You don't want to lose your water in the middle of a hike. Hiking while you're thirsty is miserable, uh, not to mention dangerous. So make sure you've got plenty of water. Uh, another good backup, since uh, we're talking about that, there are personalized water filters where you can drink directly from a stream. They're in the shape basically of a long straw. They've got a filter built in and you can drop it right into the stream, make sure it's not muddy water but right into a stream in uh, the Smokies and drink through that straw and hydrate that way. So if you're going with a hydration system, it might be a good idea to bring one of these uh, backup straws as uh, a replacement should your hydration system fail. 
All right, so that's it for today. And uh, again, this ends our week here at Mountain Fun Life. We will be picking up again 9.15 in the morning on Monday with Captain Accurate, David Aldrich. And he'll be here every day of the week letting us know what the weather's going to be doing. And uh, David, if you could let me know what uh, the weather's going to be Wednesday, Thursday, that would be wonderful because that's when we're looking at our overnight hike. And uh, again, Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock, we've got all of our regular shows, Kira on Monday and uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus on Tuesday. Then Jim and James with their entertainment show on Wednesday, Frank and Kira together on Thursday. And then I'll be here Friday to show you what happened Wednesday, Thursday. Rain or shine, I'll have something for you. So hope you all enjoyed that. Have a great weekend. Get out, enjoy the Smokies. We do have some great weather this weekend. Come out, enjoy everything that we've got going on, and I'll see you next week.